Cashflow Guys Podcast, Episode 17. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. All right, loyal listeners, welcome to episode 17 of the Cashflow Guys podcast. This time I have... Once again in the studio, the cash flow gal. Hi. She's right sitting right across <laughs> from me here. I talked her into coming back on and giving you guys a little bit of education today. And we're, today, this episode, we're going to talk about fear. Yeah, that, that's why I wanted to be on this episode, too. We have a lot to talk about with fear. Yes, we do, because she's always in the, one of the, she's the person in the background always kicking me, in the, kicking me in the seat of the pants, getting me to take action. Well, and, and you do the same for me, and that's... That's a, that's a, a big thing for a lot of people is they don't have the support system that you and I do. And that would be one of the things that I would be suggesting right off the bat. Reach out, ask somebody to help keep you on track. Yes, everybody needs a support system. A support system is absolutely critical mm-hmm. in real estate investing or in really in anything that you need to accomplish because it's it's easy. Fear can be such an all-consuming, overcoming emotion. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it's crushing. And people don't have to necessarily believe in what you're doing or, you know, agree with this is what you want to do and, and, and make money or be a philanthropist or whatever it is. It just, you just need somebody to help you to be accountable or get over the fear, be supportive. Correct. Now, there's several different things, people, real estate investors that we talk to have got all kinds of different things that are bugging them, but we're, we're going to get some of the top points and uh, go through them and kind of talk them out. Help you guys maybe overcome some of these fears. And I'd, I'd say number one for you and I, Jill, was uh, not being able to retire. Correct. Yeah, that was kind of a big deal for us because we realized, you know, we, we're hitting 40 a few years back. And how are we going to retire? We have no pension. We have no retirement plan, well, no savings. And we thought we were doing something wonderful by me working for the federal government. And then, of course, they made changes to the federal retirement plan. The tax, we were putting money away in a 401k called the thrift savings plan, which we learned later was an absolute joke and, and a lie. And I don't even want to get into all that. I'll start twitching again. Right. But um, and this is the thing that a lot of people miss is, you know, we hear lots of excuses of why people cannot invest or won't invest or, you know, don't have the time, don't have this. They're afraid of getting ripped off on and on and on. But realistically, nobody's ever actually, you got to be thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, when you're concerned about your retirement, you're looking down the road and it could, whether it doesn't matter whether retirement's five years away or 50 years away, you know, you have to set up your retirement. So it's out. So it, number one, your plan will outpace inflation. Right. You know, depending on who you, what sort, what source you look at to determine what the actual inflation rate is, whether, you know, news media outlets, reporting places, the wall street journal, whatever, 
the data, the numbers are somewhere between 3% is what I've seen as much as 9% is what inflation has typically run in this country. So your investments, what you do with your portfolio needs to be able to outpace inflation. You need to come up with a decision of what that number is and then structure your investments accordingly. Begin with the end in mind. Yes. Say that again. Begin with the end in mind. Yes. You know, when you're Retirement is the end. You need to begin with the end in mind, and you have to have retirement in mind. Yes, you do. Now, another way that the other thing that you have to get your head around is reducing your taxes. The average W two employee, the middle class American, pays the highest percentage of tax. Now, right. if you think you're going to elect somebody, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, or whatever other conservative or whatever you choose to be, doesn't matter. You're not going to elect somebody to office that's going to be able to fix that problem. However, what you don't realize, and a lot of people don't realize, the government's already fixed that problem for you if you're willing to take the steps to do what they say. How do you fix your taxes, Jill? Well, you do, you know, the government has this whole tax plan and all the things, they'll give you tax breaks on the things that they want you to invest in. There's many things out there. Yeah, real estate, oil and gas. Mm -hmm. If you provide housing... Jobs, all those things, the tax code, the majority of the tax code, and we've talked about this on the, pre- the last episode, uh, Tom, Tom Wheelwright's book right, uh, was Tax-Free Wealth, and then the other one was uh, from Mark Kohler, it escapes me at the moment right now, what your CPA isn't telling Tell you is, an, is, the, yeah. is the title of it, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes to those two books, but once again, but in case you missed it. Those were enlightening books. Yes, the tax code is written to teach you how to... Reduce your taxes. That's what the right. majority, 90% of the tax code, and I'm not exact on the figures, but probably a, the lion's share of the tax code is written on how to avoid taxation if you do what the government wants you to do. Now, if you go to work and you're Joe Sixpack and you punch a clock and you come home and you know you spend the weekend there, you, 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 you're a renter, you don't have any tax deductions, any tax write-offs, then plan on paying 40%, 50% tax rates. That's just reality. That's what that's going to happen to you. Yeah. You can mitigate that. Yeah. What, what, is, what does Mark Kohler say? Buy one house per year. Yeah. And, that'll, and that will almost take you to no taxes, I think. Right. We're, I think we're going to do 30 this year, but, you know, whatever. The thing is, we got to take action. Mm-hmm. And you don't have excuses. I mean, I don't care what excuse you come up with. you got to take action. So think about that. There's a couple different things when you're investing for retirement. You can invest, invest for cash flow and capital gains down the road. The property you buy is going to appreciate. So it's a, like a, every property you buy is like a little retirement plan all in itself. Right. So think about that. And you can do it, you know, you can think about that in a couple of ways. If you invest for cash flow, then when, you know, if say if you're buying a house now. It's not paid off yet. Your renters are paying for it, though, and you're getting a little bit of cash flow. You're getting $100, $200, $300 every month in your pocket. By the time you do retire, that house is also going to be paid off. Well, now that right there increases to maybe, you know, say your payment's $500 a month. Now you get $800 a month at retirement in passive income. Exactly. And it only takes a couple houses to pull that off if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. That's and, where uh, we talked about equity happens. That's the the onus of that book, and and um, the other one was building building wealth one house, one house at a time by John Schaub. Another great book that covers that same principle. You don't have to crush it out there. You just gotta do one a year. Yeah. Especially if you're young. I mean, you will be in great shape if you start when you're young. I wish we would have done that, but 
Number two thing that we hear a lot and affects us, of course, is being unable to provide for your parents. Yes, that's a huge fear of people, especially in our age. This just came up with a client of ours. She, her, her parents were elderly and they both went in the hospital. The family, she was there, they were on their deathbed and, and the family, they had a, a DNR request where the parents did not want to be resuscitated. Well, she's had several brothers and sisters and the, the brothers and sisters, the ones that didn't have any money, of course, wanted mom and dad on life support against their wishes in the whole nine yards at the tune of, I think it was like $10,000, $20,000 a month, some ridiculous figure. And the only person that was able to pay for that was this uh, client of ours will remain nameless. So it's interesting how your your family and your siblings can make decisions for your finances. You, <laughs> you better make sure that you're, you're protected there. Right. But you know what? A lot of people right now are, are they fear that they are not going to be able to provide for their parents in, in just simple things like help, helping with medications, helping with a house payment, helping with the grocery bill. A caregiver, perhaps. Caregiver. Sure. Well, just like the, the deductibles on their medical insurance can be stifling to depending on what their situation is. Right, right. You know, another thing that we talk about is uh, loss of a job or loss of income. And this just happened with you, Jill, uh, where she you got laid off. I did. We had to have that discussion. Is it, is it worth going back to work? And when we sat down with our tax advisors, they, they, they said right flat out, well, we got lucky this year because we just did a major renovation on the two, two latest apartment buildings that we picked up. We were able to use that to mitigate the taxes this year, but continuing, if you continued on that W-2 income, and it was hard to walk away from that big fat paycheck you were bringing home. It but, was. But it became a tax <laughs> liability, so we needed, to, we needed to spend, your time is more valuable here working in the business, acquiring more cash flowing assets, building our passive income. Right. We've, we've already escaped the rat race, so there really is no reason for you to go back to work. However, we still feared it. Yes, we, we absolutely feared, feared the feared loss. It. But we didn't fear it too much once we counted up all the passive income. That made things a lot easier. Right. Which is the thing. A lot of people, we hear this quite a bit. And when we do our workshops and events here locally in the Tampa Bay area, please, we want to reiterate to you that investing in real estate is not a get-rich-quick system. And we hear this all the time. People, some very educated people, just last weekend we were at Larry Harbold's uh, Land Trust Seminar. People were telling us, well, I'm just going to flip until I have enough money to buy and hold. Let me tell you something. That... Jill, recipe for success or recipe for disaster, you pick. It's it's pretty much a disaster. You're never going to have enough money to buy and hold. It, it sounds great. It's great in theory. Sure, it's great in theory. But once, if you're a flipper, you're going to make ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 if you're lucky every few months, if you're lucky, or maybe only once a year. Well, now you've been starving for six to eight months. You need that money to catch up. Or, God forbid, rehab goes wrong. You missed something. You, you didn't catch the, you got excited. You overpaid for a property. Mm-hmm. The market takes a little bit of a turn. The more the interest rates go up, uh, on and on and on, your pipe bursts behind the wall and ruins all your new rehab work. These things can happen, and you're just not going to get rich flipping. I'm sorry. You're just not going to be able to do it. You need to take some of that money and invest it for long-term investment. Buy and hold. Yeah. And, and again, that's where you get your tax relief. I'll call it relief because most people would feel like it's a relief. Yes. If you're flipping, that's ordinary income. That's taxed at the highest rate allowable by law. Right. You know, I lately I've been hearing people saying, well, I don't even file taxes. Well, guess what? They're coming to get you eventually. Sure. They're not going to put up with that. So, all right. So this next session that the section that we want to talk about is your emotional fears. The things that are, are basically they reside up in your brain. Right. And the ones that really 
de- kind of defy logic a little bit. They do. You, one of them, you know, some people don't like public speaking. Okay. Fear of public speaking. Introversion. Looking sure. stupid. Nobody wants to look stupid. People saying no. Well, yeah. Other parties saying no is a big one. And the best way, well, think about it. You're a buyer and you're getting ready to write an offer. And when you're sitting there writing the offer, you think to yourself, well, they're never going to accept that offer. Right. And they're going to yell at me. <laughs> right. I had that fear. It's too cheap. <laughs> Especially when you're presenting them in person because you should be presenting them in person or at least having an, hiring an agent to do it for you that w- is willing to provide it to, to uh, submit the offers in person. That's, that's critical. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if the, the seller is out of town or you're in a different market or, or whatnot, that's not possible. But you're still going to need to have that conversation over the phone and you're going to need to learn how to overcome objections. Yes. That's a big one. Yes. Overcoming the objections is, is critical, actually. That's a good, I'm not, what, what would we tell the listeners to do to be able to overcome objections? Well, the, for very first thing, practice. Absolutely practice. You're never going to, there is no perfect script. There is no perfect response for every objection. Right. I would start by saying, fail forward, fail fast, fail frequently. I get objections all the time. I'm looking for the no, and I can't sit here in this episode and give you people the end all you say this and they will roll over and just hand you the deed to their house answer. There isn't one. What it takes is listening, right? Yeah. You have to sit there and listen to the person that you're dealing with, discover their true pain, discover Mm -hmm. if you don't think they're in fear also, you're absolutely wrong. They are just as scared as you are. They don't want someone to come in and and write them offers. They just want someone to come in and, and pay asking price and and run away quick. Sure. They don't they don't want people don't want to negotiate. That's why real estate agents have a job is because people don't want to negotiate. Why do wholesalers True. do so well? And they can buy a house at 60 cents on the dollar because people are scared of negotiating. It's a, it's it's the truth. Yeah, that's a big fear. So getting out there making lots of offers, practice overcoming those objections. You're never going to get it right the first time and you're probably, you're going to make lots and lots of mistakes, but the the best way to overcome those objections is to take several shots at it. And and be okay with hearing the word no. Who yeah, cares? Yeah. It's one of those you just need to change your mindset and say, well, who cares? Okay, for every hundred no's, there might be one yes, and that's what you're looking for. Correct. Don't take it personally. You off. You made an offer. They just said no. Move on. Think of it like, a, you know, you use a baseball analogy. You swing and a miss. Okay, you swung, you missed. Big deal. Sometimes the ball is going to smack you in the head. But eventually you're going to connect with the ball and you're going to knock it out of the park. And that's, sure. that's the whole thing. But the only way that's going to happen is if you keep swinging. If you stop swinging and you go run and hide in a closet, you're not going to accomplish anything. True. And when, when, it does, when you do hit the ball and smack it out of the park, that might not happen for another 100 tries. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Now, another way, if, if negotiating is not for everybody, it's some people just don't have it. It's just not their thing. And that's where a good real estate agent is. Critical. And I'm, I'm saying that it's fact. We are real estate agents. We know this. This is why we people hire us because they want us to do the dirty work. And we have no problem doing that. We're comfortable negotiating because when we work a deal, it's win-win or no deal. And we know that whether we talk, have that conversation with our buyers going in. Right. Looking at a bigger project and you just have the money you want to put into something, but you're really not into setting up the team and doing all that. Uh, think about hiring a syndicator. That's what we do. A lot of our clients is they, they want to invest. They're just afraid. They don't know which property to pick. 
yeah, they how they're going to hire the property manager. Are they going to math? Yeah, they look in their. Do they look in this market, another market? They don't want. You know, they don't even know what kind of return they want. So in that case, we'll sit down with them and we'll have a, a lengthy discussion to try to to assimilate from them what what their goals are with their investing. That's what a good syndicator does: is listens to their the person they're working with, develop a relationship, and try to meet those goals, find an investment for them that makes sense, and join them in the investment. And we've done that on several occasions where sure. we've joined a, 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 what would be a buyer and turned into an investor. They came aboard one of our deals, and they got comfortable, and then they go on and do other deals. Right. And I know Jane Massey talks about this a lot about this with the uh, fire-ready aim analogy. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you sit there and... and Aim, 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 ready, ready, ready. aim. It just, it, nothing ever happens. Yeah, you never, you never fire. Yes. And you, I'm ready, ready. You hear it all the time. People hear it all the time. Tomorrow I'm going to get started. Next month, next year. I mean, it can even be, it could even be cleaning the garage. But it, people don't pull the trigger. Yeah, you have to get out there, pull that trigger. Go ahead and fire and sort it out. You got to remember, you cannot learn and look good at the same time. It's just not possible. No, it's not. You cannot learn and look good at the same time. One of the ways you do that is, first of all, practice your elevator pitch. You need to tell the world. The only way you're going to find opportunity is to tell the world that you're investing in real estate. That's your thing. That's your niche. You're going to invest in real estate. You need right. to come up with an elevator pitch and tell the world that you are a real estate investor. Yes. That's what you do, and you are looking for opportunity. And that, you know, that kind of brings up another fear to me, though, of a lot of people is telling the world because the world might say, what are you doing? How do you how can you possibly think you're going to make money in real estate? You know, there's a lot of judging, you know, a lot of naysayers. That's a big fear. It was a big fear for me. Uh, and you know what? You got to overcome it. Yes, you do. And, and it's going to happen. You're going to look stupid. You need to go into it knowing that you're going to look stupid. And sure. I wish somebody had given me that advice. Right, because it's like driving a car. Did you know how to drive a car when you started driving a car? Nope. Of course not. You looked like a complete idiot. You felt like an idiot. The person next to you probably thought maybe <laughs> you were looking like an idiot too, but you still did it. I, I can't even begin to think of how many offers we've put in over the years, but I have put in thousands back on the fix and flip days when I did that before Jill came into the picture and you know, nobody has ever thrown a chair at me. Nope. Nobody's ever shot me for writing an offer. They've, I really haven't had anybody scream and yell. I've had some people snicker and walk away. I've had people throw a contract down in the dirt and walk away. I've had people politely ask me to leave the house and yep, that's just do. part of doing it. It happens. I mean, yeah, you had that happen uh, with that place over here in town. Yep. Where and by the way, that place is still on the market, it's and that's, still on that's the market. been two years ago. And that, <laughs> I think been longer than that. Yeah, still in the market, but you're gonna get have to get comfortable with no. Yeah. And one it, of the things that Jay taught us, the uh, pendulum theory. Remember that there is no maybe; it's either yes or no. And if you give me a maybe, I'm gonna go ahead and take that as a no. Oh yes, you're right about that. When you're sitting down with your prospect, if you're if you're, you're the buyer and you're talking to the seller. Here's a little ninja secret for you. We learned this from Jay. They call it the pendulum method. The pendulums can only swing one way or the other. It can't hang still. Once the pendulum gets moving, it's either going to swing to yes or to no. And I flat out tell people this sometimes. We're going to go over some, some questions, and I need the answers to be yes or no. And to be fair to you and for you to be fair to me, if the answer is maybe Let's just go ahead and count that as a no. Is that fair? Yes, yeah. that's fair. No, that's not fair. 
Usually the answer is yes, that's fair. Good. That makes it comfortable for everybody. Yeah. Now it's all out in the open. Nobody has to say maybe and wonder what maybe is. Correct. No used car salesman tactics or anything like that. Right. Getting out there, Toastmasters, that was a big one for me, and I know it's been a big one for you. Yeah, that comes back to the whole public speaking part. Yes, getting out there at Toastmasters, doing table topics. Yeah. And you can go, you don't have to join a Toastmasters. You can just go to a Toastmasters. You come to my club, I guarantee you they'll get you up there for table topics. And table topics is basically, it's a one to three minute response to a question. They'll call you up there and ask you a question like, tell us about your shoes. And I remember that was the first thing they asked me was tell me about my shoes. It was. (laughs) So I had to spend one to three minutes telling them about about my shoes. And what that does is it trains you to think on your feet. Right. Moments notice, no practice, because that's what you're doing in real estate. Yeah, all the time. I mean, we, time. how many times have we pulled over on the side of the road? We saw a for sale by owner sign, and I'm digging through my briefcase for a legal pad. We just, the two of us just go bebop it in there, and we'll sit down and start hashing it out. We, we've done that on more than one occasion, and it works out very well being, being impromptu. Just get it done. Right. Because I'll tell you, half the time, the places we drive by, if I don't do it right then, I'm either going to forget or the property gets sold, especially in this market. Let's get in there. We see someone in the front yard. Let's have a, let's have that dialogue. Right. And, you know, you, you kind of bring up another point when you say that let's, we just get out there and do it. Well, do it now. That's one of the things that can help you get over the fear. The longer you sit around thinking, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow I can do it. I can do it tomorrow. Just do it now. I'm a wallflower. I, I, I don't do well in crowds, uh, t- you know, typically. And... When I'm in a crowd, I have to tell myself, okay, Jill, you're here. You got to do it now. You got to go walk up to somebody and just say, hi, my name's Jill. What's your name? And just start talking to people. It's the only way it's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Toastmasters is, is really good for that, too, because you have to go there. You have to meet the people, and they will, t- they will ask you to get up and speak. And, and they're great because everybody who goes there had the fear of public speaking to begin with. That's what brought them there. They're wonderful in supporting you in learning how to public, do public speaking. Absolutely. Now, you know, one of the things that we've both done is af- positive affirmations. Tell yourself. It sounds stupid, but it actually works. I've done this before. <laughs> Look in the mirror and say, I'm the best negotiator on the planet. I will be successful. I'm going to go buy an apartment building today. I'm going to do it. And we do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the old adage they say is, how do, you, how do you eat an elephant? Well, it's one bite at a time. Right. How you climb the ladder, one rung at a time, just get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, think about the Band-Aid analogy. Yeah. How do, you know, you tear a Band-Aid off. Yeah, it hurts for a second. But don't leave it on there. No, if you leave it on there, it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. You're going to get sick. You'll get an infection, whatever. Just rip it off and get it over with. If you don't want it to rip off, soak it a little bit. Come up with a different strategy. Attack it from the other side. Close your eyes. Bite a wooden spoon. Whatever you got to do, make it happen. Just get it done. And get it over with. Yeah, and don't wait till tomorrow. You have to you have to start today, like we talked about earlier. You have to start. The sooner you start, the better prepared you're going to be. That's absolutely correct. Now, another thing that you can do, and we've done this before, is mentoring. Yeah. Get find a mentor, and work with them. And you do that. You can do that. Where are you going to find a mentor? Okay, go to networking groups. There's lots of them out there. You can go to meetup.com. You can go online. You can look for different groups. You can look for real estate investing groups or anything that you might be interested in. There's a group out there on Meetup. I can guarantee it. That's correct. And we're actually working on a mentoring program right now for some of our listeners and uh, 
friends and associates that we deal with on a local basis here and also out of state people that are in a position where they want to they want to get started and they just need that extra boost of motivation we're looking at and starting a program to help those people out sure. and get them get them out there and get them going because we realize that a lot of this can be extremely overwhelming it can be absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. you know we've overcome those fears there's mm-hmm. we still have fears about certain things that's completely natural we're never going to get over all of the fears of every aspect of everything but we're out there doing it yeah and you know and another thing you know real quickly for me, you and I had different levels of fear and different ways of dealing with the fear. For me, you know, you just get out there and you just start talking to people. And I, I was more of a behind the scenes. Well, I want to learn a little bit more. I want to read a little bit more. I want to get to the lingo. I want to understand what people are saying. Then I'm going to get out there and get moving. And it's okay to have that too. That's correct. That's you just, right. But you got to go and do it. Yeah, and you have to do it now. You can't do it tomorrow. You got to do it right now. You mm-hmm. find a property pick up the phone and you think, well, I don't know what to offer. I don't know how much to offer. Well, that's fine. How about you pick up the phone? You give us a call. Yeah. Schedule the time. I give you 30 minutes, no charge consultation. I will help you figure out what, what to offer. Mm-hmm. We'll sit down with you and walk through we'll, on our mentoring program. That's one of the things that we would do is sit down and look at all the tools that you have available to you. Yes. And let's come up with a plan for you that makes sense. We'll do that on the first phone call. We'll have a, just a general conversation of what tools you have, what your goals are, and let's see if we can build a plan for you. Right. And if you have the fear of talking to somebody, we'll help you walk through. The, we'll talk through the whole scenario. We'll, sure. We can do role play. That's fine. Yes. And the role play is critical. And with the role play, it's kind of a three-part process. You know, you start with the uncontested where... Hey, Jill, how are you today? Uh, why in the world would you ever sell a beautiful house like this? And, well, you know, whatever. And I'm, how about, you know, I've practiced just as you do it, you'll just start maybe the first time because you're brand new, you're going to say, well, I'll give you 50000 for the house. And let's say it's listed for seventy five, And Jill will say, well, you know, that's not going to work for me. Right. And she, But thanks for calling. And then she hangs up. Right. And the second one would be partially contested. It's like, well, why would you... Where'd you get 50,000 from? Yeah. And then dig deeper and you just practice doing that. Do that with your spouse. Do that with your friends. Go to a RIA meeting. Meet a buddy. Mm-hmm. Pick up another, somebody else that's new. Go to one of the local real estate guru seminars that come into town. They're in, they're in every town in America. Ones where they're, you know, you can get rich overnight. Bring your credit card. Go to one of those. Meet somebody else that's new. Yeah. Network at those events because those people sitting in the room are just like you. Just like you. Maybe you guys can talk each other into keeping your credit cards in your pockets where they belong instead of giving it to the guru and they can run up $30,000 for you. Right. But make a buddy. Go meet for coffee once a week. Have a conversation on the phone. Yeah. Heavens to Betsy. But just go do it. An Don't actual be a conversation. Yes. <laughs> An actual conversation. Besides Facebook friends, pick up the phone and say, hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm scared to death. I want to buy this little house around the corner. I've figured out how to make it cash flow. I'm terrified. What do I do? I don't know what to do either. Well, let's brainstorm this and kind of have a meeting of the minds and figure it out. Yeah. And again, I want to say, well, again, the seller, the other side of the transaction is just as scared as you are. Don't think they're not unless there's some big fancy investor. They're just in just as much fear as you are. They want someone to buy the house. They don't necessarily want to negotiate either. Right. And that's, uh, you know, our final section that we want to talk about is um, the... uh, Let's just talk about, is, is there a fear, fear of getting started in real estate and, and why there would be a fear? Uh, 
maybe because people think if there's another market crash, yes, they'll lose everything. And I hear that a lot. Right. You know, 2007, 2008 was crippling to a lot of people. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. You know, if you are buying real estate for speculation, you're out there flipping. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you're out there flipping, you're speculating. True. Yeah, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to lose some money. You may, if you buy too much property, you're out there and you're buying, snapping up all this real estate. And then six months later, the market turns. You've had some, some delays in your rehabs or whatever. The market starts to turn. The market goes soft. You're going to have a more difficult time selling that property. Right. Think about it. Real estate is cyclical in nature. You yeah. Know, just like the stock market. How do you lose money in the stock market? Well, you lose money when you sell. Right. So don't sell. Right. If the company is going to go out, if the company that you invested in the stock market goes out of business, then absolutely you're going to lose your money. Mm -hmm. But if the company stays in business, eventually what goes down will come back up. Right. You know, we're invested in Apple. And last time I checked, my Apple stock was embarrassing. <laughs> However, it, I know it will go back up. Apple's just having some difficulties right now for whatever reason. Right. Real estate is no different. It's cyclical. Buy now and just wait. Buy for cash flow. Yes, you, you're not going to get rich overnight, but think about the mindset of getting rich monthly. Right. So we talked about, um, you know, the, the fears and some of the fears were not being able to retire, unable to provide for parents, loss of job or income. But if you were to buy real estate and you do a buy and hold, and like I mentioned earlier, you can get a little stipend every month, seller finance. And, and, and you buy it that way, then you're going to get only a couple hundred dollars a month. But then you would be able to have that extra money to help your parents uh, provide for your parents or to supplement the loss of a job for right now, which will also increase once you are ready to retire. Yes. And just because you think people think, oh, it's a hundred bucks. What's that going to do? Well, how about you give me a hundred bucks? Right. Well, I don't want to give you a hundred bucks. Well, why not? It's not important to you. So if you don't have... If you don't have anything, you don't have to spend the hundred bucks. Sit on it. Mm -hmm. Save a couple of those hundred dollar bills. Yeah. And then go do something else with it. Maybe invest in, in some little notes or something. Sure. Make or turn that into more money. Wait, I don't know, gather all those hundred dollars for next year and buy something else. Buy another property. And then you'll have two properties giving you a hundred bucks. Now you've got 200 bucks. And on the last episode, we talked about, before we talked about fear, we talked about education and, and a lot of the guru stuff and. That is a great way to overcome your fear is you're going to have to get some education. You're mm -hmm. absolutely going to need education. You find a good educational resource. We gave you the two that we are big believers, the three actually that we're big believers in. Uh, get out there, pull the trigger, touch your first trigger to pull, get some, take some massive action, get involved in these, in these programs that make sense that are priced fairly. They have results. And I'm here to tell you, I've done them. We've done them. Friends of ours have done them. They work anywhere in any market, anywhere in the world. I've got a friend of mine over in Barcelona, Spain, for gosh mm -hmm. sake. This stuff that we're learning works in Barcelona, Spain. I have another friend in Italy. He does it. I've got friends in Hawaii that, that, that do things the way we do things. We're all taught by the same system of educators. It does work, but that's going to help you overcome your fears. Offers now, we, I, just, we whip them out one after the other. We don't even think twice about it. Oh, sure, we get lots of no's, but no's aren't, are, are not a big deal. Right. You know, what's the cost of a no? A few minutes of my time to blast an offer together. And if it, it makes sense to me, they may say, no, we've been negotiating on a, on a three property package now for about a month. Yeah. <laughs> the seller just hasn't gotten desperate enough yet. And I, I'm not an emotional buyer. Just we get the numbers where they make sense for us. 
the buyers, they match the seller's pain, but the seller's pain isn't strong enough yet to get him to come on board. And there's just, it, it, it's not going to work for us. So we're going to wait here and eventually either he'll find someone else to get closer to where he needs to be, or he's going to decide that our way of doing things makes more sense. Now, big problem with that is we happen to have an agent in the middle in that opportunity where the agent, I'm not allowed to talk to the seller. Right. That's tough. And I usually avoid those deals. I always like to talk to the sellers directly. Or I will work with an agent. I am an agent. We're both agents. We try to find if it's an MLS property or, or it's represented by an agent, whether it's MLS or not, is we make sure that the agent is on board. If the agent's on board, we'll get it done. If the agent's not on board, in this case, the agent's not necessarily not on board. He just worked, the, the seller and I were a little bit over his head. We're talking some seller financing terms and some advanced strategies using a, uh, a land trust and things like that to take title, which the agent has no clue of. So what it's broken down to now is that I have to email the agent what I want, and then he turns around and sends that to the seller. It's a very inefficient way of doing business. And we've tried to sit down directly with the seller, but the agent's not having it. Right. But, you know, and not to interrupt you, but it brings up a, a, a couple of good points to me is if you, you know, you, you want to be able to ask questions to somebody, you want to work with a realtor, try and find somebody who's investor friendly. Yes. There's definitely a difference. And it's not like there's a certification out there. You just have to kiss a lot of frogs and find out who's investor friendly. Oh, actually, there's a couple certifications out there. There's about four or five of them I've found in the last, last couple of years. I never mentioned them to you because I couldn't stop laughing long enough. But, um, you know, the, the agents that have those 15 letters behind their name at the CDPQRT, I think I'm going to add some of those letters in the back of my business card just, just to have questions because it makes me sound cool. Yeah, Tyler Chef, Realtor, Investor, ABC, TT4X2. I'm certified in all that, and that oh. makes me smarter. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I'm going to need a business card that's twice as long as the one I have now just to fit all the extra letters behind. But when she says investor-friendly agent, I'm going to take that a step further and say an agent that actually has investment property. Yeah, that's the best. That's the they need to have investment property because if they don't have investment property, you and know they don't get it. No, they're never going to get it unless they've had investment property. So make that a criteria if you're working with an agent. And I'll tell you from experience, there is a lot of great opportunity on the MLS. And the reason why the opportunity is there is that every training program you come to, I don't care who it is, tells you that there's no opportunity in the MLS. Oh, that's not true. And yeah, it's. You're, there's no opportunity. I'm fine with you people thinking there's no opportunity in the MLS. You know why? Because that, can, that leaves it all for me. Yeah. There's plenty of opportunity in the MLS because there's all kinds of mistakes that happen. There's all kinds of people that have underpriced or grossly overpriced their properties. And if you learn the concept of solving the pain, helping the seller get over their fears, then you can put a deal together. Sure. So... Something else I wanted to mention too, uh, you could, if you have questions, this is a lot of times what people fear. So if you have a lot of questions about, well, what do I do with the, with the titles? What do I do with insurance? You just call up an insurance company and start asking questions. Call up a title company, ask questions. Yeah, the best way to overcome that fear is just get on the phone and start asking a lot of questions. The more questions you ask, you're going to find yourself getting the answers you need. As you get those answers, you're going to be far more comfortable and folks i appreciate you guys spending time this time with us today and we hope that we gave you some good tips on how to overcome your fears 
how to get past these things. We want to see you take massive action. Pull some triggers. As always, if you want to reach us, info, I-N-F-O at cashflowguys.com. That's the email address that goes to both Jill and I. The website, cashflowguys.com. It's going to be all re- redone and all brand new coming up here. So, and I, as always, reach out to us if you want a free 30-minute consultation so we can help you get started in your real estate investing career. That's absolutely no charge. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye, everybody. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.